We become a race of peeping Toms. Something happened. Something was happening. I had no idea. Where is her treacherous husband now? But in a place where she can visit if she wished. Mine! It's with the ancestors! I'm yeah, I'm drinking, Luann. How can you hold cake and not eat it? Oh shit, you guys got coke here? Oh my god, of course! I mean, I know to you I'm just your old fat Aunt Maddie Faye. I'm more than that, sweetheart. These are godless times, Mrs. Snell. You're all feckin' boring. With your piddling grievances over nothing, you're all feckin' boring! Hello and welcome to another episode of The Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and God, I hate that haircut. And my name is Colin Drucker, and here's the deal. She's an alcoholic. (laughs) I don't even remember that line. (laughs) What was that from? That's when they have the parent-teacher meeting with Marissa Tomei. Oh, yes. <laughs> she yes. starts going off, and that's how he tries to explain it. It's like... Yeah, that's it's, right. Then, then it takes off. Yeah, yes. it's one of many Michael Scott-esque moments that Steve Carell has in this movie. Oh, truly. I mean, the one where he says, so I bought a firearm from a shady internet site, and I am prepared to shoot you in the face with it. Yeah. Like, so... Michael Scott coded, as the kids say. Yeah, the way that, and there's there's certain little things that he does, especially when he gets like choked up. He'll like the last word. He'll like we'll get caught. Off. I think I wrote down one time when he does it, um, but uh, oh yeah, uh, when he's on the phone with Julianne Moore and and she's pretending to be fiddling with the pilot light and he's in the backyard and like you see oh. his eyes glisten up and he goes you know don't want you to blow up house and he goes house like that's a that's a Steve yes. Carell classic where like the emotions catch the last word he's so good in this movie he really is i think he really uh, like it took me a moment to remember like oh you're the lead Oh, you're the lead. Oh, you're not just the funny friend. You're the lead of 2011's Crazy Stupid Love. Oh, my gosh. What in the world was happening in 2011? Where were you? Okay, yeah, because this is a whole different era. Because I just feel like this is a wasteland. Like, I don't... I actually think I remember where I was, but you first. You first. Well, in 2011, actually, it was. I think it was a pretty big year for me because in 2011, I moved into my studio apartment in Hell's Kitchen, which is my first apartment on my own. You know, it it came with its own issues, but it was mine. And it was like what I had wanted. And I had a good job and I I was making good money and I was in my 20s and I was playing volleyball. I think I started playing volleyball that year. So 2011 actually was like a real like fresh start beginning of a new chapter i would say i mean i'm sure i was still riddled with anxiety and smoking too much pot but i think i had a lot of friends so that was good (laughs) but i had a lot of friends yeah Yeah. i love that um what were you doing in 2011 you know what it's actually kind of interesting because i think i have a uh Similar kind of story because I know that we didn't know each other when I was in New York, but I think I was just about to move to New York City from doing Florida, doing Florida, did the whole state of Florida. As one does. Yeah. (laughs) I was doing theater in Florida, which is where I met Amanda Kaczynski. And that's where uh, that's basically she was my link to moving to New York. I subletted her apartment while she stayed down in Florida and did another show for three months and then I was subletting in Manhattan for like two months 
Um, but I think that was all like in 2011 ish going into 2012. So a lot of theater actually, oh. uh, which was a good time. Yeah. 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 It was, you know, I mean, we remember things with, with certain rose colored glasses, but I remember having a lot of fun back then. Same. And I was young. Oh my God. I was in my twenties, you know? Um, oh my God. Yeah. That's crazy to think about. Yeah. 13 years ago. 13 years oh, ago. I wish my body felt. I know how it did then. I know. <laughs> I was doing Barry's boot camp like it was nothing. Uh, oh lord! Yeah. Now I can barely do. You know, <clears throat> I don't. You know, I can. I can barely do. You know, stride right. I don't know. <laughs> something. <laughs> insert something funny. Yeah. Here. Insert yeah, something yeah. here. You know, I got close. Shoe store boot camp close enough. But I. Uh, yes. Yeah. It was. Um. It was a different time, and it's. It was. And that's so true of like. This movie feels like it is, I don't know, of a, of a simpler time. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, so folks are doing Crazy Stupid Love in honor of Valentine's Day. We're actually recording this on Galentine's Day, which is such a great day. Mm -hmm. And I think a day to be celebrated. Um, so I hope everyone celebrated their gals earlier, earlier this week. But I, this was on like my sort of, I don't, I don't want to say short list, but it's always sort of been on my like, long list we'll say which everything's on the long yeah. list if i'm if i'm being honest but um a great cast you know oscar winners oscar nominees we, and we have steve carell julianne moore ryan gosling and emma stone which is like I, you're right it feels i don't know what word it is but it just feels so 2011 for all of them to be in this movie yeah well and i think you know given that we are leading up to the Oscars and, you know, the, in, in another world, we'll be doing more of the movies on the Oscars shortlist, but it's not 2011 anymore, folks. It's 2024. We need to do things that Oof. we want to do. And so it's, but it still kind of, kind of feels relevant where it's like, wow, here's now Emma Stone nominated for poor things. Here's Ryan Gosling kind of playing the same character, you know, playing a hot guy again, but a different one. But as Ken, you know, it's like Julianne Moore, we just saw, you know, worried about the the number of hot dogs that they had in May, December. Steve Carell has been an Oscar nominee. Steve Carell will always... For Foxcatcher. For Foxcatcher, yeah. yeah. And I think it's only a matter of time before he gets another nomination. He's so good. Um, mm -hmm. To say nothing of Marissa Tomei, Best Supporting Actress, Oscar winner and nominee... Kevin Bacon yes. maybe nominated for something. I don't know. Um, yeah. At least some Golden Globes. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, I'm not the only one who's ever seen The River Wild. He certainly was recognized for that movie. Yeah. John Carroll Lynch, who plays um, Bernie, he played Norm Gunderson in Fargo. And that's only fresh on my mind because Keanu and I went to see Fargo. He's he's married to Francis McDormand. And he's, they're so adorable, the two of them together. Oh, all their Gunderson's. little scenes in bed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Love yeah. Because he's like the wife character in that movie. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. 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 It's very cute. Um, but yeah, it's really just like a stacked cast from a different time. And the whole movie just looks like, it's like, is this what the 20s felt like before the Great Depression? You know what I mean? Like, y'all <laughs> y'all had no idea how bad it was going to get. You thought divorce and sleeping with your daughter was a problem? Pfft, you haven't even, you haven't even met 2016, honey. Yeah, hold my beer, says 2020, or 2016, yes, even, even more then, so, yeah. yes. I bet Twitter yeah, was like a, fun. Yeah, like a pre-Trump world, yeah. yes. Ugh. It's sad. It is. <laughs> this movie makes me sad. 
<laughs> I know, but it, I, I will say this, like I, for some reason in my mind, I thought you said it was an hour and a half. So I was, I, I again, it's like, it's a, it's a romantic comedy, but it's kind of a dramedy a little bit too. It has that sort of like, that sort of color, I guess, but to, I, I don't know what I would have cut at the same time. It's interesting because I would maybe even cut out all the Emma Stone stuff. But then, you know, spoiler alert at the end, you know, there's a big twist that I actually kind of liked and didn't see coming at all. So I was like, oh, I guess that's why she's in this movie. It it did tie it together because, yeah, I would say I enjoyed this. But the first like half hour, 45 minutes, I was like. It was kind of like when we did Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. And you were like, when it first started, you're like, eh, you know, is this just going to be good? Yes. And I was feeling that way about this. Where I was like, is this just going to be fine? You know, like, it's just like, is because even the whole, you know, kind of first act, you know, act one, act two plot of Ryan Gosling's character kind of, you know, uh, mentoring Steve Carell to be a hotter man. I was like. This feels older than 2011. This feels like kind of an old, like, this can't be the whole plot of the movie. This is like a, this is like an episode of a TV show. And so, yes, I would say like for the first half of the movie, I was just kind of like, ooh, maybe I made a bad decision. But then it really like shifted and I, I got really invested. And honestly, once it kind of got into the second act machinations and then the twist, which I generally gasped at. I was like, yeah. Okay. Crazy, stupid love. You, you got me. Yes. You got me. You got me gal. Yeah. I, I feel like a 2024 version of this would have like, get Ryan Gosling out of there. Get like Dan Levy in there mm-hmm. as like, as sort of like a gay Sherpa type you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That would just help him kind of get back on track. But then we would have got rid of Emma. So I don't know how that would have spanned out. But maybe more, maybe a lesbian. <laughs> maybe Emma's a lesbian. Maybe we need a lesbian. Maybe <laughs> yes. we get rid of all of the I want to fuck my babysitter subplot. Maybe that. Goes. Oh, my God. Maybe that. Goes. I, that was my biggest gap. The pictures at the end. Uh-huh. I was like, how did this I almost, get made? I almost turned the movie <laughs> off. I was like, you have got to be fucking kidding me. Uh but folks, you know yeah. we that we will get to that. We, you know, if you have not seen Crazy Stupid Love, you should. It's you know, I think it's a very good movie. I think it's a very easy movie. I could understand why Justine had said whenever it's on TV, she just watches it. It's like, yeah, you could just yes. like slip right into this movie. It's very easy, um, and it's and you know, given the twist, it's no surprise that this movie is written and directed by the This Is Us group. The, the this is us people ah uh, yes okay that that adds up yeah. that tracks i feel this yeah. is a this is us production and i don't yes i don't really know that show that well but what i do know about it is it kind of does the gray's anatomy thing where it's like oh i'm gonna make you cry i'm definitely gonna oh make yeah you cry and i'm gonna make you gasp like you're not gonna see this coming like this they are a goop factory and so once i when the when the goop happened in this movie i was like damn they're really good at that Yep. Yeah, it has that sort of, I guess, lens about it that's you're going to have some good actors, you're going to have some good performances, but it's, 
I don't know. I, I guess I can't. I, I watched the first season of This Is Us, loved it. Keon watched it all. And like, I mean, it's it's a stacked cast, too. And Sterling K. Brown is like the best of them. And I will even say Mandy Moore, too. It's mm-hmm. like the clips that I've seen and from like Keon's rave reviews, too. It's like she should have had an Emmy under her belt by the end of that show. But it was just... I don't want to say soapy enough, but it did feel like it had that like it was like that other TV show Parenthood that made everyone cry. It's like if that's what you're known for, I feel like it takes away in like a negative way. Like it's it's but it's still good. I mean, everyone needs that cathartic cry. I think I know what you mean. Where like once I connected that this was like that this is us people, I was like, oh, it's kind of like what is it? There's like that. I don't know if this is everywhere, but I know in New York there's some place called like Blank Street Coffee, and they like they pretend to be this like little independent looking coffee shop, but maybe they're like owned by Starbucks or something like that. Where oh. or there's some of those brands where it's like, oh, it's the like you know Farmers Mill, but it's owned by Nestle. You know what I mean? And so I feel like it's still good, <laughs> but it's like yeah, but it's it's not like there's some little shack in Ithaca, New York, that a bunch of hippies are making grain in, like. You know, it comes from a factory. And so I feel like I did feel that a bit with Crazy Stupid Love, where it's like once I knew this was a This Is Us production, I was like, oh, they tend to peddle like cafeteria food. So, you know, or maybe better than cafeteria food. Yeah. There may be like the Panera. Panera, Panera, Panera. Yes. Which I did hear somebody describe as like overpriced fancy cafeteria food. (laughs) Yes. My friend Alex always calls it like, uh, elevated hospital. Food. Yes, it's like yes. it's just the one step away. Yeah, elevated hospital. Um, food, that's what it is. Um, yeah, and everything's covered in onions. My friend Alex yeah. always says, <laughs> yeah. "Red onions on everything." Everything, and you know, God, I'll say this just because if we're not talking about Panera, what are we doing here? It used to be so good. I mean. I, I I wish I could remember the episode of Good Children where they go in about Panera, but it's so fucking funny. They're like, Panera was like the place where young gay kids hung out, like young uh-huh. queer youth, like maybe besides Barnes and Noble and Panera, like those were two, like <laughs> they, they go in. It's really funny, but you're right. It would like, Keon and I went to a Panera two weeks ago because we had a gift card and we were randomly around one. We're like, all right. And we went and it was fine. And they were out of baguettes oh. as a side. Oh. So I was like, what am I going to get an apple? Oh, those Ugh, dry carrots. Oh. Um, yes, but you're right. It's, you know, I'll go in there for a pastry every once in a while. If I'm in a pinch. Sure. But I want like, because I would say that Crazy Stupid Love is akin to when Panera was really good. It's Panera. Yeah. It's, you know, soups and sandwiches and whatnot, but it's good. It's good. And they got cute little booths and like whatnot, nice lighting, but it's, sir, everybody can find something they like about it. That's what I think about Crazy Stupid Love. But more importantly about Panera, yeah, oh, I would like to get, I, I actually ordered it when I was sick, when I had COVID, because it was just like, oh, that feels like something Ooh, nice. Eat. And I got like chicken soup and I got like a sandwich and I think I got a cookie and I just, you know, it was like, whatever, just bring me the works. And all of it, it was like airplane food. And I was just like, man, you know, the soup was okay. Um, yeah. That's all. Soup's hard to mess yeah, up, I feel. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and they just cut open a bag and put it in a pot. You know what I mean? They can't take any credit for that. <laughs> yeah, I um, know. Yes. But, uh, but more importantly, Crazy Stupid Love. Crazy Stupid Love is uh, the good Panera of, yes, romantic dramedies from the 2010s. Uh, and it is... 
what I appreciate about, about it and what I think is, again, similar to, like, This Is Us or Parenthood. And let me tell you, if someone, like, quizzed me, I could not tell you the difference between those two shows. Yeah, they're they're very much um, in the same font, yes. as the kids say. Yeah. Um, but this one is certainly a multi-generational series of lovish stories. There's Steve Carell as Cal and Julianne Moore as Emily getting a divorce. There is their son, Robbie, who's in love with their babysitter, Jessica, who's in love with Cal. So lots of discomfort there. Robbie's 13, Jessica's 17. Cal is, of course, an adult. Uh, Meanwhile, then Cal meets Jacob at this, like, do bars, like, excuse me, lounge. Do lounges like this exist? I feel like they only exist in TV shows and movies. Yeah, I know what you're saying. It's like, it's just a bar, but it's like, do they serve any food there? Yeah. I, I know what you mean. I don't know if I've ever been to one, and maybe that's a good thing. And it's like, dude, people just stand around every night. It's like a Wednesday. It's like, I don't know. It it It's somewhere like the Housewives would go. It's definitely like somewhere like the Real Housewives of OC would yes. go. Um, so anyway, Cal meets Jacob, played by Ryan Gosling, at this bar. And Jacob is super hot. Honestly, I didn't know much about this movie, and so my, like, immediate understanding was like, oh, he's like a sex worker or something. Like, he's a he's a, yeah. he's a companion. Um, but no, he's just a hot guy at a bar who decides uh, to take a break from picking up ladies uh, and to help Cal, you know, find his manhood again and find his inner hotness again. And uh, meanwhile, Jacob gets the hots for Hannah played by Emma Stone, who is a young lawyer, uh, hoping for some reason to be engaged to Josh Groban. Yeah, that's a weird pairing. I feel like Josh Groban is like what Chuck Norris was in the early 2000s. You know, like Josh Groban was kind of like a funny guy. It's like, isn't it crazy? He's on SNL or he's Uh doing these bit roles that, you know, he's a fine actor, you know, obviously known more for being a singer. But uh, yeah. A weird pairing. Yeah, it was. It, it, there is something about casting Josh Groban as like a is a a joke casting, kind of like John Cena as the mermaid in Barbie. Oh God, it was so bad. I can't even think about that. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yes. Um, <clears throat> and so, uh, but you know, uh, Jacob wants her, and and through all of this, we also get Kevin Bacon as the as David Lindhagen, which they say about three hundred times in this movie who Emily works with, who she had an affair with once, and could there be love? We shall see. Um, yeah. And then Cal eventually picks up Kate, played by Marissa Tomei, and in the first plot twist, turns out Kate is Robbie's teacher. Yeah, I thought that when it was, like, shown, because it sounded like her voice, but you never see her very, you know, it was very clever of them to not show her. Um, but yeah, glad to see her. You know, I want to start with Marissa Tomei, actually. Let's. Because it's such an interesting little role. And it's Marissa Tomei. Who, I want, at first I want to say this. I do not like Marissa Tomei's IMDb picture. (laughs) I don't (laughs) like it. I I thought it was good. I I can't remember. Let me see. Let me see. It's not that it's terrible. I just don't, I, it's not what she looks like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's something, it just doesn't, it feels, 
incorrect. That's just not what she looks yeah, like. Yeah, squint your eyes and it's like Sandy Bullock. Yeah, but if know? you scroll down to like some of the just like the photos of her, it's like, ah, oh, there's the there is the Marissa I know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh we have talked about Marissa Tomei before. We talked about her in In the Bedroom. Uh yes. we've yet to talk about her Oscar winning performance in My Cousin Vinny. I know. I feel like that's a that's a big oversight for I us know, too. I know. We just did all about yeah. Eve, and I think it just is only highlighting like all the things we still haven't talked about. You know, I know um, the true Oscar winners. Yeah. Yes. Um. I guess the winners were the friends we made along the way. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's that from? I, it sounds so familiar. I don't know. It's like a it's like a joke people make of like, oh, well, maybe the blank was the friends we made along the way. It's kind of like maybe the the win was the friends we made along the way versus like winning a competition. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, All right. So Marissa Tobey, who I really like, I think she's always great in things. You know, we'll eventually talk about her in The Wrestler. I think that's something we wanted to talk about, maybe. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. And so, like, yeah. I think there's. There is certainly a future of more, uh, more Tomei, but um, in this she has, it's somewhere between. It's not even really a supporting role. It's a featured ensemble role. Yes, it's almost like Fiona Shaw and Three Men and a Little Lady. Mm. It's like she's because no, I feel like it's all over the place, and I'm, I'm assuming this is where you were getting. Like she seems normal. And kind of like, okay, great, Marissa Tomei's here, and like, what a great, like, oh, I hope they end up together. Right, what a pairing. Right, if you're gonna cast her, it must mean that she's gonna play an important role, and she's gonna end up as Cal's future love interest, you know? Um, yeah. And then they meet, and they have that crazy night together, and and then you realize, oh my god, it's her leg on the movie poster, like this movie is going to be all about Marissa Tomei, despite the fact that she's like, you know, eighth cast, you know? Um, yes. Or eighth build. Excuse me. I don't know when they cast her. I'm sure first, because she's so great. Uh, <laughs> they have a crazy night of sex. You're like, all right, that's it. And then the next time I think we meet her is when Cal and Emily go for the parent teacher conference. And, and I should have seen it coming. I felt so dumb. Uh, yeah, but she opens the door and she's of course pissed because he hasn't called her in a couple of weeks. And this is of course is just as Cal and Emily are maybe stoking some feelings and it was like I would also say at this point in the movie I was like where are we going? You guys getting back together? She's crazy mm -hmm. now. Where are we going? Yeah, because they only had that one night of sex and we didn't see any in between. So for her to go from like one to a 27 writing the word asshole, like I wish there was a, like a little part of the scene where Steve Carell gets there first mm -hmm. and she opens the door. They realize it as Julianne Moore is walking down the hall and he's like, be cool or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. to kind of, and to see her get amped up a little bit because she seemed like fine, like it was awkward. But then all of a sudden she's just like screaming and I was like, whoa, I didn't think you were this invested or it didn't show us that they were that invested. Yeah, it just she kind of went from like, oh, interesting. You're, you know, an older single woman. You've been sober for five years. Like, oh, OK, you, we've this is an interesting character to have in a in a romantic comedy or, you know, yes. narrative like this. OK, all right. And I, I did feel like then they very quickly reduced her to like literally 
just a screaming woman, like literally just screaming. Yeah. Like, like a Molly Shannon character or something. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what happened. She went from Marissa Tomei to Molly Shannon. And I, (laughs) which normally we'd love. Yeah. Normally that's, that's (laughs) great. It's like, okay, another chorus of something I love, but I, I would say, you know, what I kind of wanted for her character is I wanted for some reason at the end for her and Kevin Bacon's character to meet. I thought, oh, pair them together. Oh, yes. Right? Oh, that would have been lovely. Yeah. Yep. Because yep, yep. I, I kind of feel like the two of them got a little bit of the short end of the stick, and I'm quite fond of the two of them. So I'm kind of like, oh, what a small portion of bacon, you know? Uh Yeah. And what it's like a, turkey bacon? Yeah, turkey bacon. And it's like, oh, I don't know. I just have one bite of this. Um, yeah, but it is kind of crazy to think, oh my god, these huge stars in like relatively small roles in this movie. And I don't know. I that would have been a great way to give them both a little something. I totally agree. I'm so glad you thought of that. And in, in our rewrite, they would have. Yes. yes, I like to. Th- I like to think that absolutely because it's like I. I think what what's interesting with romantic comedies is like. Once you get to the end, these movies have to somehow prove why, like, they have to prove why Emily and Cal would end up with each other versus she with David and him with whoever or her or whatnot. Like, why the alternative? And I think every movie does this, where, like, if someone's having to choose between two, they have to find a reason why the other one is crazy or mean or whatever, you know? Yes. And I felt like in this case, they, like, Kate was just kind of painted as like bitter and crazy and like giving him the finger during that speech at the end, which we'll talk about. Cause I just feel like Robbie's going to be talking about this moment in therapy. Uh, and, yeah. and then David kind of is just like, Oh, I like, I don't think they really wrote wrapped him up very well. I think he just was in that fight at the end. And then the last time we saw him, he had a bag of peas on his face and that was that. And so it was like, Oh, I guess, I guess Emily doesn't like you anymore. Okay. Yeah. It was a rather uneventful, unceremonious, like just cut. And maybe there was another scene or like, I don't like what he would never be at the graduation, but I feel like that would be his in. Like he has a niece or something that he was there for. And then he met Marissa Tomei somehow. Right. I don't know. Or there's some button scene towards the end where she's at that bar and then he walks in and they lock eyes, you know? Yeah. That would have been enough for yeah. me. You know, that would have been enough. Or maybe they have some twist that it turns out that Kevin Bacon is Beth Littleford's brother. And that's why he's <laughs> yes. at the graduation. Cause that's just what the, this is us people would do. Exactly. Uh, yes. Yeah, that is weird. I I totally forgot about him just sort of disappearing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, and and speaking of Beth Litterford, Littleford, uh, Littleford, I want to just mention as we're kind of talking about some of the, you know, uh, peripheral characters. Um, I just I feel like if I were in this, I would want to play Claire and Bernie, Beth Littleford, and John Carroll Lynch, like. I just think yes. they're not huge roles. They're just the friends. Obviously, they, they kind of get caught up because they're they're Jessica's parents. But um, I just think that, that is a great example of taking two really great character actors and giving them like just enough to make a meal out of it. Yeah, and Beth uh, Littleford has been in like a lot of stuff. Like mm. it's like I can't name one thing 
But uh, it's, you know, she's been around. I feel like Beth Littleford and I just go back. I feel like she was Ooh. on. Well, it's like, I think she used to do those, like, I love the 90s, I love the 80s um, oh, shows. Yeah. She was one of the talking heads on those. Um, I think she used to do stuff on Comedy Central with, like, The Daily Show, maybe. I feel like I remember that her in familiar. that world. Um, yeah, she was a female correspondent for the first four years yeah, of the Daily Show. Yeah, with with Craig, uh, what was his name? Craig. I don't know. Craig. Uh, Craig. Daily Show. Craig. Craig. I don't know him. Um, Craig. Oh, my goodness. Come on, Google. You know what I want. If I just search Craig, it'll know what I want. Craig Kilborn. Oh, my God. Craig Kilborn. Oh, that name yes, should yes, be yes. programmed into my head. I wonder where Craig Kilborn is these days. He was a good-looking guy. He kind of evolved into Mark I don't Summers. Even, I can't picture his face. Let me see him. <laughs> he, looks, he looks like Mark Summers, who's on Broadway oh, right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, I remember him. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, Beth Littleford was in two episodes of Life with Bonnie, starring Bonnie Hunt. That's probably where you know uh, her. Oh, I would love that. No, I know where you know her from. She uh, was the uh, WKZN Philadelphia anchor Leslie in one episode of The West Wing. And I know you're a big West <laughs> Wing head. So... I am. Allegedly, I watched four seasons yes. of it, but so in reality, four episodes. Four episodes, maybe in different seasons, not four consecutive yes. episodes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, I, I just love her. I, she's just such a like, whenever I see her pop up, it's like, I want to see Beth Littleford play Mary Kay Place's daughter or sister. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, yes. what a gift, you know? Uh, that would be wonderful. Yeah. Um, and yeah, John Carroll Lynch, I feel like I, I know him from Fargo. I think I've seen him in a few other things. He's great. He's, you know, um, I feel like yeah, he's- Yeah, solid dad. Yeah, he could either play a dad or a serial killer. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, but anyway, but yeah, so they are, you know, uh, the friends who eventually get you know looped in when those aforementioned photos are discovered, which just yes, oh god. All right, well let's talk about Jessica. Yeah, uh, let's talk about the photos. Yes, so Jessica, played by now goes as Leo Tipton, uh, is the seventeen year old babysitter of of Cal and Emily, and I thought it was like at first an interesting character. Like I liked how this movie was handling the fact that she had a crush on Cal. I yeah. I liked at first that it was a little more innocent and she was a little more self-aware about it versus it being like, oops, my boob fell out in the car. Like, you know what I mean? Like she wasn't yes. trying to seduce him, you know? Yeah, at least outwardly so. But then she like skipped 17 steps and just went straight to like taking nude photos of herself in the bedroom. Yeah. Or her bedroom. Yeah, I guess she talks yeah. to that girl at school who's like, listen, if you really want to, you know, get a guy, you got to like, you know, put your money where your mouth is and put your camera where your, you know, boobies are. And so she takes some nude photos, prints them out on her little photo printer. I was like, my God, is it 2011? She's using a camera. <laughs> <laughs> and a printer. Yes. You know? Oh, God. Like, in 2024, she would just airdrop them, you know? I know. Yes. Um, And so then she puts them in a little envelope with Cal's name on it, hides them in her drawer. Uh, her mother eventually finds the envelope. And then that cues her father to go. I mean, there's also just the fact that, like, I did think Beth Littleford's moment when she looks at the picture and she goes, they're changing. I thought that was a very, like, clever reaction. 
But then yes. she brings the pictures down to Bernie and he's like looking at him. Yes. I had that in my notes. Yeah. He looked way too long, Bernie. All of them. And I was like, I feel like if that was my daughter, uh, my lost daughter, I would be like, one's enough. I'm good. I don't need to see your vagina from another angle. We're good. Uh, and so then. Yes. And so then, yeah. So then Bernie takes off. And and I mean, that whole, we'll get to it. But I just felt like that whole scene, it reminded me of the climax of Parasite. It was just like so much chaos <laughs> yeah. in that backyard. Um yeah. And so then obviously, you know, that all gets resolved. And at the end of the movie, I just don't, I, it's kind of like call me by your name. I'm like, this is just not okay. I just don't know how to normalize this. First of all, Jessica spends the entire movie as the, like the cat in the Pepe Le Pew cartoons getting terrorized by Robbie. I love you, Jessica. I love you. Here's these flowers. Give me a chance. I love you. It's creepy. It is. And I hate his haircut. I hate his haircut. I hate his haircuts. Oh, uh, and that, uh, let, what a, let's just say he's 20 put him. Yeah. Yeah. He's not even like a, <laughs> he's not even like an attractive teenager. Right. Like he just needed to be, he doesn't look like Julianne Moore nor Steve Carell. Like he, there's no way he's going to look like his Steve Carell. No. Like let's call a spade a spade here. Like, and you know, he's a good actor, but it was, yeah. It just isn't gonna work. You know, I feel like I feel like Natalie Portman in May December. It's like he's just not like sexy enough. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that, but it felt weird. I'm glad you did. Yeah, but it's just like, yeah, it's like he was eleven. He was eleven. <laughs> yeah, but he was like not really cute. Um, yeah, yeah. It's uh, and the and the actor's name is Jonah Bobo, and I'm just like, I love that. Sometimes Jonah Bobo. Sometimes nature knows what to call you. You know. Um, yes. 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 So terrorizes her this whole movie i feel so bad it's like so uncomfortable then at the end like you know then of course you take that moment at the graduation to go jessica i'm still in love with you and i feel like she's humiliated and she has to just smile it off and i was like this is so pre-me too <laughs> you know it's yes yes you know? i mean <laughs> It made me like the fact that she was smiling, almost like enjoying it a little bit. Like it, it's like she was uncomfortable, but I, it's like it was she was playing. I don't know what she was playing in those bleachers, but but then at the end, well, yeah, you're about to say this as everyone's like dispersing after graduation. Go for it. Well, and it's like they. I think that like then he goes to you know talk to her, and I was like, oh no, oh no, oh no, because I think. To your point about like how earlier in the movie she just skips seventeen steps and Kate j goes from like cool to, to wackadoo, the character turn mm -hmm. like these characters just like spin on a dime, and so now she's just like, "Oh hey Robbie," and he's like, "Hey, I'm uh, really like sorry if I made you uncomfortable," and she's like, "Oh, you're giving up," and then he gets that whole speech about like, "Oh, I'll just figure if I wait a few years, then I'll like." you know, I'll look more like my dad and I know you're in love with him. And it's like, yeah, that'll solve it. That'll take care of it. Yeah, that's not creepy at right, all. Right, right. And then Christ. luckily she won't be in love with your dad anymore and she'll just like squint and pretend you're him. Yeah, okay, this is great. Um, but luckily she's got a little graduation present for him in the envelope that still has his father's name on it. She gives <sighs> him her nude photos. And I was like, I am pretty sure this is illegal. 
yes. Well, I, I didn't look at the envelope. I just like, you kind of assume that it says Cal. Yeah. But did you actually see it with your own I eyes? Or did, like, but it was... did she take more photos? Because oh. I would have burned them if I was her mom. Well, that's the thing. That's a good point. Is like, ha- like it, yes, they would have. So maybe, maybe she took new ones. You know, she's got that camera. Hopefully her printer still has ink. Yes. And what were these? I mean, I just, it, th- that to me, there's just certain things, you know, it's like I was watching some documentary on YouTube that was just talking about like the nightmarish experiences that child actors had in early Hollywood. Cause I just like needed something fun to watch. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, Oh, that sounds good. You know, what's that about diet pills and being yelled at. Um, <laughs> and you know, they talk about like Shirley Temple, for example, and how like there were certain, there was like a, one movie where like, yeah, they dressed her up as a little prostitute. And Whoa. it was like, this is so wrong. And nope, and maybe people were blinking an eye, but nobody was, you know, shutting down a studio. And so I feel like this is like a minor version of that. We're like, no pun intended, uh, where it's like, yeah. I don't, I think now just the way things are, this would never happen. People would, people would go banana pants about this, about trauma, you know, about exposure yes. or whatever um or about her value there'd be something and i don't even necessarily disagree with because i i don't think it's okay i think it's gross but i just think it's gross because i think it's really creepy for your babysitter to give your 13 year old kid nudes i was just gonna say like why would in steve carell's like speech about how like his son my son fell in love and he took a big swing and he fell in love with this girl. She's right over there. She, you know, she attempted to give me nude pictures a week ago. It's fine though. You know, we're all fine here. I'm like, (laughs) she should have just given him a kiss on the cheek to say, well, this will get you through high school. That's it. That's it. So many other movies. That's all you got to do. It's just like, you know, I just give him a little kiss and be like, you know, call me in a few years. Call me when you get a haircut. Uh, and that could have been yes, that. Jesus. Uh, but yeah, it was, um, I just didn't like that. And, and honestly, when that happened, you know what my first thought was? What? It's the, this is us people. Of course they would do this. <laughs> yes, this is this so, is this is us, you know, it just felt so gross. It was such a weird way to end that plot line. Yeah. I didn't like it. Um, well, meanwhile, a plot line that I really did enjoy was Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone, you know, really, yes. really becoming the bogey and Bacall of our time. This is their third yes. pairing together. My God. Wow. Yeah. Because they were in La La Land, some other movie called like Gangland or something. And then this movie. So. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. And of course it's, you know, now, I mean, they are, I feel like. Ryan Gosling, of course. I mean, he's he's kind of been a movie star, certainly. But and Emma Stone, you know, has, it's not like you know the name we're suddenly learning. But I feel like this year, and maybe it's just because of the Oscars, where it's just like, oh, Emma Stone, you are, and maybe it's because she's getting an Oscar for Poor Things. I just feel like yeah. it's a new level of just like movie star. Yeah, I remember even when she won for La La Land, her speech, uh, she mentioned like, I know I have a lot more to learn, but this is like such a great, you know, sort of 
thing to get along the way, which I think was like very smart of her to say, like, I don't know what else, who else she was up against that year or who else was maybe like should have won. Was it like Isabelle Huppert or something, oh, <laughs> like, something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Like I'll look um, it up. Yeah. But I, I, I do like her. It's like, I feel that Emma Stone is like in the top five, if not top three, people like gals in Hollywood that are around my age that I would want to chill with, you know, like I would love to hang out with her and Jennifer Lawrence and just like smoke some pot and order some food, get some wings stop maybe. <laughs> yeah. To be specific. Um, well, let's, let me ask the, let me ask the really important question. A, do you order wings stop? I have not. And I feel like, they're around me, and I've heard of the wonders of Wingstop, but I never have. Have you? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I am. Okay. Wingstop and I, we, we go way back. Because um, I was going to ask, what flavor do you get? You know, I was going to ask oh. all the important questions. But, you know, you're just going to have to trust Emma Stone and Jennifer Lawrence to just, I mean, listen, if they don't know, get the garlic parmesan. Just trust me. <laughs> just trust me. Well, I did work at Buffalo Wild Wings oh, for three months of course. one time. So... I do speak Buffalo Wild Wings and like my favorite flavor was was Asian Zing, which is like a sort of like a like what I want General Tso's chicken to taste like, but it's never as spicy. But there was also a garlic parm equivalent as well, too, that I really like. So I'd, I'd be into both of those. All right. Well, I'll keep that in mind. Um you know, yeah. should the opportunity present because I, it's like, I like a saucy wing. I like a barbecue. I like a Buffalo, whatever, but like, and I usually don't get a dry rub, but garlic Parmesan. I, I, oh, so that's a dry it's rub. It's a dry rub. Can you believe okay. it? Okay. Yeah. I'm into a dry rub though. Cause sometimes it can get messy. Yeah. I don't need all that sauce. Right. Oh, here. I can answer your question by the way of the year. Oh yes. Uh, that what's her snakes won the Oscar. She was up against Isabelle Huppert in L, which I did see. Okay. Which I did see. Um, Ruth Nega in Loving, uh, and we okay. of course loved her Love in her. what was that movie? We Passing. 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 Loving. She mm -hmm. she loves those conjugations. Yeah, those ings. Yeah. Um, Natalie Portman in Jackie. She beat Natalie Portman for Jackie. Wow. And okay. this year, Natalie Portman didn't even get a nomination for May December. So Emma Stone is kind of like Annette Benning's Hillary Swank. I was just gonna say, yeah. yes, yes. Um, and then Meryl for Florence Foster Drankins. Drankins, Jenkins. Drankins might as well <laughs> might as well have been. Yeah. I mean, that's the drag version. Yes. Yeah. That that's the RuPaul Rusical. Yeah. Um what a weird nomination for that, too. Yeah, that was what a weird movie. What a weird movie. I saw parts of it, and then I was like, I, I think I get the joke. Um, yeah. I think she's great in this. I think that she is, if, if, if Emma Stone in 2011 is kind of like the movie star who's still learning a lot and has won the hearts and maybe some Golden Globe nominations, but hasn't quite gotten to Oscar level yet, I feel like it's interesting to see that kind of actor in like a romantic comedy in kind of your standard romantic comedy lead role. I feel like in a lot of ways, Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling are very reminiscent of Deborah Messing and Dermot Mulroney in the wedding date. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. The redheads. Yeah. And the hot guys, hot guys, hot guys. Uh, yeah. Um, where are the hot yeah, guys? There is something. <laughs> There's something so alluring about, 
Emma Stone. And I think that's like what, you know, I, I, I feel myself as with many, I feel was maybe her first movie was super bad, but I remember her sticking out in such a great way. Like she just feels like a normal person. Um, and someone again, who had even an easy a, like there's something about her that I guess it's like, she kind of stepped into the shoes of like Lindsay Lohan, Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. But yeah. But kind of like that vibe because it was the same thing. Like Lindsay Lohan was like great and Mean Girls was great and like the parent trap and all that other stuff. And then she just kind of took a turn. But I do I do think she's more relatable or not more relatable than Lindsay Lohan. But like I just think Emma Stone in general is relatable in her characters. Like I love that she turned Jacob down the first night. Oh, like one, she was in a relationship with what's his nuts. But um, I like that she got to play hard to get. And I like that she... I don't know. I love that scene where they're just like when they finally do go home and she's like nervous and she says it out loud and like she she's vulnerable, which in turn makes him or gives him space to be vulnerable as well. Yeah, she really gets to play the gamut because she gets to play hard to, you know, hard to get at first and then kind of in that relationship with Josh Groban. And then, you know, then that kind of, you know takes a turn when she thinks he's going to propose to her, but really, you know, cause I guess they're coworkers, he's proposing for her to be a partner at the firm. And then she gets to get drunk and that whole scene of her downing that gin, which I thought was, was great when she was like, uh, she was like, Oh, there's, there's like no water in this. Oh God. Oh, I hate gin. And it was and like, yeah. and it felt kind of improv and it just kind of felt like she was just like taking over the scene. So she gets to play drunk. Then she goes back to the bar and yeah. she gets to play bold and hot with, 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 Jacob then she goes back to the house and she's nervous and so it's like she gets to play all that whole range um and then they do the dirty dancing moment and I have to ask the question what is your relationship with the movie dirty dancing I've never seen it and everyone I know is gasping but no one is surprised yes I it's one of my movies that I'll whip out when everyone makes fun of me for like what's an example of like what have you not seen and I'll say well I've never seen dirty dancing and like that in beaches is enough to like, mm. you know, ignite a like a flame in a, in the living room at a party. Um, but I I've seen snippets. I respect it. I'm sure it's great. Uh, but that's I yeah that's my I don't know it. Oh, I don't know her. Yeah, it's good. I finally saw the whole thing only like last year for All Right Mary. So like no judgment oh, here. Yeah. But I never know with you because sometimes it's like it's true. I've never seen it. Sometimes you're like, oh my god. Grandma Kachanov and I watch it every year. Like I yeah. never know with you. It's so yeah, yeah, it's so true. I'm a wild card yeah. in every respect. Yes. So I just had to check. Uh I feel like, yeah, it's it's got some moments. I don't I mean, we could certainly, if we ever wanted to do an episode, there are, you know, Cynthia Rhodes would be the BSA. There are a couple okay. moments. Like it's possible. Um Okay. If, if you're listening right now and you really want us to do dirty dancing. You got to say something because maybe yeah. it would be a summer movie, but it'd be a summer movie. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. June, July. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but yeah, then after all that, then, you know, they get to the maybe having sex and then it just turns into a night of pillow talk. And I love that. And I thought, oh, this is so good. This is so well written. They have such good chemistry. She does the impression of the high point coffee commercial. I mean, it was, yes, it was really, I mean, and he talks about having the home shopping network addiction. Like I, 
I was swooning. And I love that she says that thing about like, I know the PG-13 version of this. And I was like, this is exactly what I was expecting was going to happen. She's like, I get too drunk and I pass out and you put a blanket over me and kiss me on the cheek. And that's that. And I, and I love that by the end, then she does that for him. And I was like, this is good. Maybe I should watch This Is Us because this is good. This is clever. <laughs> this is good. This is good. Yeah, I just love that whole scene. And I love sex scenes where people are talking. Mm-hmm. Like we're so used to just like, you know, everything goes, per- like everything's perfectly choreographed and both of them are so hot and they're just like, you know, everyone comes within like two minutes. <laughs> and oh, then yeah. it's like, there's no cleanup. There are no towels. You know, it's just like, yeah, we're good. Um, so I love the idea of like her kind of just like she can't really shut off her brain when they're starting to mess around mm-hmm. because I feel like he's not used to that. Like, I mean, any girl in their right mind or guy mm-hmm. and w- like with Ryan Gosling would just like devour him because he's he's at his peak here for me. Like, I've never seen him look better than in this movie. Oh, it's it's insane. When he takes his shirt off, I was like, God, 2011, you guys. You know, this was... Yeah, he was like 31 or something. Oh, you know? I mean, I, you know, we're only headed closer to this now with Ozempic, you know? Um, I can't, I can't <laughs> yes. wait to see in like five or ten years, whatever, when, when we really start to see the downsides of Ozempic. I don't want it to happen. I want it to be a miracle, and we can all just bask in the glow of Ozempic and we'll go V, you know, um, sure. You know, all, all of the, you know, uh, the sisters from Hamilton. What is it? You know, uh, what's the, you know, Munjaro, you know, and Peggy. Uh, sure. yeah. <laughs> and Peggy. Yeah. I kind of, so I, yeah, I feel like, um, uh, uh, Ozempic is, Ozempic is Eliza and Alex. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what's the other one? Alexandra. Alejandro, uh, Angelica, Angelica, Angelica. Angelica. <laughs> Alejandro, Angelica is Wigovi, and then yeah. Peggy is Munjaro. <laughs> I love it. I love the semaglutide it. sisters. Yeah, <laughs> instead of satisfied, yes. it's semaglutide. <laughs> I mean, not to derail it too much, too, but like, <laughs> what do you it. feel about celebrities who are on exam? Like the two that come to my mind are Oprah and God, I love her. But like Kelly Clarkson, mm. like they both look great. They both are probably using it, but they both can't say it. And it's like, what's the problem with saying it? It's like, it's like, cause dieting is fucking hard. Yeah. And being in Hollywood, especially as a woman, I, I mean, if you have a, a health reason, like it gives a little bit more of that sort of like justification. Um, but like, it's still ultimately your body. It's almost like plastic surgery. It's like you can't talk about it, but you also have to do it at the same time. But you have to pretend that you didn't get anything done, even though everyone knows you got something done. It's it's a lose-lose situation. I think, my, what do I know? But I feel like there's this real novel to, novelty to it right now. And it's such a punchline and it's such a like a thing that we also like, we all don't really understand. And ha- like a lot of people, like this is a relatively new thing. Um, you know, unless you're in the diabetes world, I guess maybe you're familiar with Ozempic. But I feel like yeah. when you look back at like Botox, for example, nowadays people are very open about getting Botox done. They just talked about it on Not Without My Sister. Um, yes, that's why. Yep, yeah, yeah. Yep. And people talk about it very openly now. There's commercials about it. Like there's just kind of like, yeah, whatever. I get a little shot, no big deal. Whereas I feel like in the past, you would never 
admit to it. You know, it, it would be like a thing to be really coy yes. about. But now I feel like we're so comfortable with it that no one thinks of it as this extreme thing. People are like, yeah, whatever you go, it takes 10 minutes. You know, I know some lady like who does it in her living room. $25 yeah, or something. Yeah, right? yeah. So it's like, it's like, <laughs> her living room. yeah, so it's like no big deal. And I think that it, it's going to eventually be similar. I mean, I was thinking how, like, how is this similar to like, gastric bypass or the lap band or whatever and i feel like that's a little different just yes. because like it's it's a major surgery but like so I, I don't know it's it's a there is kind of a, a i don't know i i guess i feel like it's probably more similar to botox where it's actually something quite easy it's just a shot you know um yeah and it yeah actually it's basically botox it just like botox freezes your muscles and uh, Ozempic just makes you not hungry. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. That's all it is. That's it. <laughs> it just shuts, <laughs> it just starts shutting you down. It's just shutting your body down in ways that are not convenient. Yeah. I just want people to like say that they're doing it, but I, I guess I understand from like a PR perspective too, because Oprah like has like such high stakes in like Weight Watchers too. It's like how I think we already had this conversation on maybe another episode or the best supporting after show available on Patreon. Um, that it's like some people are. It's interesting because there was like a rumor that Jessica Chastain was taking it because her cheeks looked a little hollow or something at the Emmys, and who knows? Like she she could have just had like some extra contour that day and like we shouldn't speculate about women's bodies. But I'm like, oh, man, she doesn't even need it. Like in my eyes, like it's but uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting, though. And what if that's the buckle fat removal? You know what I mean? People get their buckle fats yeah. taken out, you know, and then you got oh my God and you got this goop, you know, sloopy face. I listen, I don't. I don't think I, I mean, listen, if somebody was like, I'm going to give you a Zempic for free, I'd be like, all right, stick it in me. Uh, you know, <laughs> whatever. Yes. Yeah. I can finally all stop right. eating those fucking donuts, you know? I was just going to say, yeah. yeah. Throw them in the trash. Yeah, right. Finally. The idea that food is not going to make me feel better. I, I stick it anywhere. Stick it in my fucking eye. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> give me the moon jarro. But I, yes. um, but I think the thing with that is like, I, you know, the, I guess the downside is like what always people say is like, well, once you get on it, you have to kind of stay on it because if you get off of it, yes. you gain it all back because it, it's like you didn't develop a willpower necessarily, 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 <laughs> I don't think about food at all. <laughs> I don't think about it at all. Necessarily. Oh, I love that. I'm writing that one down. <laughs> um, uh, there was like a there was like a bit like about celery a comedian did or maybe a meme it was like god invented celery and it, it's like because it was something like chewing on wet hair or yeah, something like that exactly because it's, so it's like the worst it's never good never but do anyway. you ever put a schmear of cream cheese on it I, it's been a while, but um, yeah, I think I've had that once or twice. I mean, cream cheese makes everything better. Yeah, oh, God. I know. I know. We could do a whole episode of things cream cheese makes better. <laughs> yeah, everything. Everything. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, you know, we'll, we can we can pick up our, you know, we'll go we talk on the Best Sporting After Show. Um, yes. But, you know, we know one of the things I liked about Hannah and Jacob, because this, of course, brings us to the big twist. And so for anybody. Yeah. Who doesn't want to be spoiled? Get out now. You've heard the Ozempic talk. There's really nothing else to listen for. But 
uh, finally, Cal is going to, I guess, you know, renew his vows with Emily and they, you know, lead her to the backyard and, and you know, uh, a blindfold. And um, she, you know, she's like, you know, all nervous. And I will say that what's his name? Robbie did have a really funny line where he's like, relax, it's your husband, not Al Qaeda, which also feels like a 2011 <laughs> joke. I don't feel like we talk about yes, Al Qaeda yep. anymore. We don't talk about Al Qaeda anymore, you know? Um, yeah. And then I felt like the twist, didn't it remind you or does not, does it not remind you of enough said? When, yes. When it turned very much. Right. And it was kind of a similar situation, similar setting in the backyard. It was like, Oh my goodness. I, I know this, but it turns out, well, you know, uh, we've got to have everyone at the wedding. We've got our son, Robbie, our daughter, Molly played by Joey King in like the I know. weirdest little role. I just, yes. I don't know what to make of her in this. Um, just dancing in front of that television. But uh, yeah, that was so weird. And then Emily, this, this is where, this is what I think the show, this is us is like all the time, but in much more tragic ways where like, Oh, you know, we need to make sure your daughter's here. And Cal says, Oh no, Molly's right there. And Emily says, no, your other daughter. And that is when Hannah arrives with Jacob. Oh my God. I, it was such a twist. Yeah. I loved it. I loved really it. didn't see it coming. I really like, I was genuinely gooped and that felt, it just felt good. And it wasn't a goop that I was like, oh no, it wasn't like Velo my Tamilia getting blown up by the crock pot and this is us, you know, <laughs> it wasn't as big a deal. Yes. Yeah. Oh, um, that's good. Yeah. And I love like the way that they covered it up. Like Hannah, Hannah's nickname is Nana, so you think that everyone's just calling Nana for like, oh, two weeks. Oh, like, I didn't even put that together. Oh, you didn't pick it up. Oh, my God. That, wow. I talked to Nana today. How's, how's Nana doing? And because Steve Carell, yeah. the very first, yeah, when they had that scene where she's like, I want a divorce, he's like, what's Nana going to think? And I was like, that's a weird line. Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't even, because I remember that part of like, oh, I talked to Nana. And I was like, oh, that's cute. They both still talk to her mother or something. I think the weirdest, the only hole with that, with this twist, is that Hannah should be feeling some type of way about love and marriage because her parents are getting divorced. But you would have never known it, and they can't really go into that, right? Because then that would spoil the surprise. Like, yeah, unless like, yeah, like with her little friend Liz, you know, who is, you know, uh, yeah, shout out to Liz. yeah, shout out yes. to Liz, little friend Liz, who had very much the like best friend in the romantic comedy role um but that could have been like hey what's going on and hannah's like oh nothing just like family stuff <clears throat> but maybe that would have tipped yeah, it off I, just, I don't know i just want to give a shout out to liz she was played by liza lapira uh because i thought she was good it's like she's the one she should have just slept with ryan reynolds that one night at the bar when yeah <laughs> when, uh, what's her, when hannah said i don't know but um oh yeah she was raised in queens you know, all right, Queen. So maybe you know. Uh, let's see. Does oh, she was born in 1981. Oh, okay. So who knows? Maybe, maybe. Well, you and I and we were all in New York. Maybe at the same time. You know. <gasps> oh my gosh! Look at us. Oh my god! This is us. This is this is us. Now this, which I also think <laughs> is a terrible title. And there's the the lore behind this movie on IMDb is that Steve Carell hated the title. Oh, and yeah. I don't think it's a bad title, but apparently they were like. They couldn't come up with a title and they were giving like out iPads to whoever like 
uh, was able to name the movie, like everyone on the set or crew. I was like, that's kind of crazy. But I don't know. I was trying to think, like, what would I call this movie? But I have no idea. I was thinking the same thing. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know what I would call it. I uh, I feel like it. it's it's the good Panera of movies. And I feel like that w- yeah. the good Panera would have the words crazy, stupid love on the wall, you know? Yeah, I think it does work ultimately. I think that in IMDb, uh, it said Steve Carell said, I can't imagine someone saying like five tickets for crazy, stupid love, but mm-hmm. I think it's fine. But this is us. I think is a terrible title. I've always hated it. I don't, under- I get it, but no, yeah. name it something else. This is us. Well, you know, this is us. This is us. <laughs> yeah, this is us. Yeah, well, this is us. Uh it's kind of yeah. it's kind of like it's like what you say to your family when a bus shows up. Well, this is us. <laughs> yeah. Yes. This is me. Yeah. This is us. This is us. All right. That's Come you. on. Get everybody on. This is us. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, so the, I mean huge twist and again like the the extent to which this then turned into the climax of parasite when it really truly yeah, is that's spot on there birdie yes. shows up and attacks cal and so then there's she's screaming and he's screaming and, and jessica's screaming and you know and then oh and then kevin bacon shows up and then he gets punched yeah. in the face by uh by jacob and it's just it's just like it's it's this is us season finale chaos yeah it season finale yeah. yes it, it's but it was you know i guess this is like that peak of every romantic comedy where everything goes to shit and then there's like a montage where they're all kind of like doing living their individual lives and then they meet up at like middle school graduation which i don't think was a thing like is that a thing i feel like eighth grade there was no graduation in eighth grade for me we had it because i went to a k-8 through catholic school and so it was kind Ooh, of like okay. your departure from the school but you know i mean it what I felt I I felt like this scene maybe when they wrote it it was a much bigger gymnasium but I felt like in the final product I was like this is a really quaint little school this is like yeah, this is a very a small this is a very intimate little graduation uh, yes yeah and um and and Robbie despite his big you know protest about the Scarlet Letter being a for asshole still manages to be the student of the year the valedictorian whatever for the, he's the one who gets to give the speech for whatever reason salutatorian salutatorian yes. by the way we've talked about dirty dancing but what is your relationship with the scarlet letter did you ever have to read it in high school no i i did not take or was a part of any like ap english courses for whatever reason like i feel like i was a smart enough kid but just like did not get the memo on ap classes (laughs) so like while everyone was reading all these amazing books i was not uh but i didn't have to read it no oh well you know uh i i read it in high school i wasn't in any ap classes but i don't know catholic school and you never know it was all boys you know what i mean so like they probably wanted to yeah you know instill some shame um but uh i remember thinking it was interesting i remember thinking like the idea of it was interesting but um I was probably too young to really appreciate it, but uh, there is a. Par- it's interesting. Oh, I was thinking, there's apparently a really terrible version of it starring Demi Moore from the '90s that I'm very curious of. Oh Lord, yeah. it's interesting that Easy A was also a movie that like was sort of centered roughly around like the Scarlet Letter as well. Yeah, too, that Emma Stone was also in, so it's following her everywhere. All these little connections, yeah. yeah. Um, well, you know, yeah, and so then what was interesting about this as well with Jacob and Hannah is that. 
where Cal and Emily go through this will they won't they throughout the movie, there's never, you know, in romantic comedies, like after the big fight, the big climactic moment, and as you said, there's like the montage, but there is always a part, a portion of the movie where the main couple has separated they're they're fighting and he's sitting in a windowsill and she's in bed and they're you know there's a there's music and jacob and hannah don't really ever have that they don't have a splitting they they're not divided by this revelation yeah i guess it's never explained because the ride home would be like what was my dad talking about like how do you even know him like that's what Mm -hmm. like what's the thing here and then or maybe he just said like look like yeah i I'm sure he could spin it. He's hot enough to get away with it. Like, right. yeah, I, I slept with a lot of people and I met your dad and I kind of helped him get his groove back. But then I met you and my world opened up. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Let's get married. I mean, if if the situation <laughs> was that Jacob and Cal had met and were having an affair, now I'm interested. Now, yes. that's, the, that's the version that I write where Marissa Tomei ends up with Kevin Bacon. In that version, Jacob and Cal are having an affair. I would love that. I mean, even the way that like Jacob summons Cal over from the bar, like he looks at him across the bar, yeah, and then like gives him a wave. I was like, oh, they talk in I the bathroom this. at the urinals with their schwanzes out, whatever. He, oh my god, yeah, whatever. and he like passes out onto his dick. Yeah, oh, basically. So I mean, I, and I was just like, how did they do this? Was he just naked? Was there a little cup? Was there? it a sock? Was there a yeah. sock? I don't know. Uh I did watch a little making. I'm interested. I watched a little interview making of where Ryan Gosling made it sound like he was naked. And I was like, I just don't think you, I don't know. I mean, I'll believe what I want to believe. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like that'd be the question I'd ask Steve yeah. if I ever met him. Steve, one question for you. <laughs> yes. Did you place your cheek against Ryan Gosling's penis? <laughs> oh. I mean, I feel like Ryan Gosling, like, not that he's not been buff for like every other movie he's been in, but like I feel like he's he worked extra hard for this movie. Oh yeah, so why not? Yeah. Oh, he looks so good. Yeah, and he's you know yeah. I feel like he's one of those guys where I mean of course he's so good looking, but it took him a little for me for me it took him a little bit for him to grow out of that that G Willicker is kind of like uh, when he was younger Disney Channel yeah guy. when yeah. he was younger it was a little bit more like. I feel like he and like Shia LaBeouf like really worked to not be those little boys anymore. Yes. I feel like the turning point was the notebook. Yeah. Cause he had a beard in it. Yeah. And him and Rachel, Mc- I mean, that's Rachel McAdams and him in that movie, like chemistry, like you've never seen, but you've seen it before. Right? It's been a long no, time. You I have okay, seen yeah. it, but it's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, it's so good. She's so good in it. But anyway, yeah, I think you're right. I'm looking back at his uh, filmography, and granted, he was in Remember the Titans, which I've I've heard is one of your favorite movies. But uh, he <laughs> seen it a couple a times. few times. I know that. Oh, and he was in an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark, which is great. Um, but yeah, no, I think you're right. I think The Notebook was the big one for him, and then uh, a couple years, or no, I guess it was like a year later. Then he was in that movie Half Nelson. Remember? An Oscar nomination. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like the girl in that was really good, too, who played his student. I feel like she was, I remember hearing, like, good things about her. Uh, Sharika okay. Epps. So, um, nice. who knows? Maybe we'll talk about uh, uh, that movie. Half Nelson. Um, Half Nelson. And then I feel like he also got a lot of street cred for Lars and the Real Girl, which I've seen. Yeah. Um, yes, yes, yes. And a movie you actually really love, Blue Valentine. 
Oh my god! Yeah, I st- and you've not no. seen that. I still haven't seen that one. I mean, it would have been so good for this week too, for Valentine's Day. But oh. on, like Michelle Williams, I mean, it is like it is. It's so sad. It's so sad, but so good. Oh. But we love those movies. Yeah, and that one doesn't really have like a BSA. It's mostly just about the two of them, right? Yeah, it's almost like a. It's just like a play almost, and it's just this downward spiral of like a crumbling marriage. Mm. But it's it's fucking great. Ugh. So all right. Yeah. Well, I'll you know. Uh, so many options. Maybe I'll here. put it on the list. Uh, <laughs> and then he was in Drive, which people loved, and then he was in this. So yeah, that Ryan Gosling's. Uh, man, he's just you know the Barbie. He's a keeper. Yeah, that kid. Um, oh, look at him, nineteen eighty. Oh, he's Canadian, of course. That's why I like him. Of course. Of course. Um, well, luckily in the end, cause the other issue of course is that Cal and I did really like when he, when he and Jacob meet and he's like, I know too much. I know too much. And he does this like hand gesture where he's like, no, I, ju- I know too much. Um, I've heard too much yeah. and, uh, you know, I just can't, uh, I just can't accept, you know, you with my daughter. Um, you know, I will say if we're talking about parallels, then they get to this graduation and the ways in which this graduation kind of felt like May, December. There's Julianne Moore <gasps> hanging out with a hot young actress, Emma Stone, instead of Natalie Portman. Um, Steve Carell is, a, is separated from his family, getting teary eyed. Oh you know, yes. probably not enough hot dogs. I don't know. But uh, there was just kind of like, oh, it's kind of like May, December. Uh, still smoky. Still smoky. Still smoky. <laughs> still smoky. I thought Twilight was terrible. <laughs> Oh, that is funny, actually. Yeah. I do love, I'm so glad you said that, because there are a few moments where Steve Carell and Julianne Moore, like even when they're sitting outside for the teacher's mm. uh, thing, and they're kind of just bantering. He was like, well, you were such a good dancer back then. Or, or she said, yeah, he said that to her, and she's like, well, something about the miniature golf. She's like, well, I had to be, because you were such a good miniature golfer. And it was it's really cute. Like, or even when... There was something else that they said that was just like towards the end. There was a, yeah. there was a moment where he, where uh, she was like, "Oh, it's been a rough year," and and he says, "Yeah, a few things happen," or something like that, and they start laughing. Yep. And there was yeah, there's a lot of those moments. It's funny she actually has a couple of those moments with Robbie as well, like when he comes to her office and then after school or whatever, and she he was like, "Yeah, I googled like mom crying in bed," and she was like, "What were the results?" And he was like a lot of videos of moms in bed and they start laughing and she's like, do those parental controls work at all? And, you know, she's like, yeah, they work for you because you're gross. And it was like, oh, that's in- that's actually interesting writing direction that she has similar banter with her son that she has with her husband. Yeah. I think the other thing that I really liked was um, <clears throat> they talked about leaving, what's the son's name again? Robbie. Oh, that line. Yeah. Robbie. Uh-huh. Leaving the baby at the hospital, like, so glad we switched them at birth. Yeah. Like, yeah, he probably would have, the other guy would have probably been in jail by now. That made me laugh. Yeah, I like that, like, he's obviously very funny, but I like instead of Emily just being, like, the the one to laugh at his jokes, that she's, like, participating in the banter. Yeah, I guess it kind of informs, like, what they had. Yeah. Like, you see the good, the good in them mm-hmm. and, like, the you know, because you need, you need humor. You need to be able to laugh. I think it's it's interesting compared to, say, like, Mrs. Doubtfire, where it's like, what were Daniel and Miranda doing together? Like, you never saw yeah. them enjoy each other. And I feel like this was an interesting example of, like, oh, yeah, this, this is kind of what it looks like. Yep. 
No, I think that was smart to include that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you know, I got to say, I uh, I was glad I finally, you know, took this off my list. Uh, I, I think there's certain things that maybe didn't age too well, but, you know, maybe neither have I. So who am I to talk? But, you know, <laughs> I would say that, like, certainly for fans of The Office, like some of like the really humanizing moments that he has playing Michael, I think he plays a lot of that in this movie. So, um, so that's really enjoyable. And Emma Stone is super charming. And Ryan Gosling is, is like playing this kind of like, I guess he's supposed to be Boston guy, but Jewish, but like, cause he's calling it his Schwanz and he's, you know, whatever. He's just, he's, He's putting on he's he's putting on Jewish the way RuPaul puts on Jewish, you know. Yes, exactly. He's doing that. It's so weird. Yeah. I'm like, are you in L.A. though? Like, it, it sounds like he's from like Brooklyn or yeah. something. I, I can't quite. And it just adds to the sleep. I could have taken away the accents. That would have made it, it was more a little strange. Yeah, digestible. Um, and I don't quite still grasp like what to deal with Jacob's character. Like, I know we kind of get his backstory that doesn't really open up, but he still reads a little bit to me, like like. Patrick Bateman in American Psycho. Like, I'm still getting... <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Like, there's certain gay men who are very fussy, like Jacob. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, for example, yes. they don't go by Jake. They go by Jacob. Oh, yes. It's Joshua, not Josh. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Like, yeah. there's certain ones... Like, I could understand some people go by Michael instead of Mike. I get it. I, that, I, like, don't judge as much. Or, like, Pete instead, Peter instead of Pete. It's like, okay, I can get it. But it's that where you're like, oh, not Joshua. Huh. That's just, like, such a choice. Yeah. Why? Because Josh is so easy. Josh is so easy, you know? Yes. Yeah. Maybe I should go by Nicholas. Honestly, you know? Uh, yeah. Maybe I should go by Colin Edward. Maybe I should be incorporating my middle yes. name. Um, oh, Colin Edward. <laughs> yeah. Oh, love that. Yeah. Well, uh, I feel like there is a distinct possibility that a um, relatively popular song that you may have heard in a Starbucks or maybe a really good Panera around 2011 is probably playing us off right now. Um, Ooh, I love that. Yeah, I think it's probably happening. I'm loving it. Uh, But that means that not (laughs) only are we going to get ourselves a little chunk of a baguette, uh, you know, to dip into our salad, but it means that we are being played off and we need to go. So where can folks find more of you? They can find me on my other podcast, The Good Vanilla, which is a Barefoot Contessa podcast, or you can follow me on Instagram at Nick Kuchanov. How about you? Me? Well, you can find more of me on my other podcast, All Right, Mary, where we are currently uh, belly button deep into season 16 of RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, and on my Patreon, we're doing UK versus the World season two, which is off to a great start. And we, well, that's it. And then on Instagram, you can find me at Colin Trucker underscore. And you can find the both of us in a best supporting capacity on Instagram at BSA pod. Or you can send us an email at the BSA pod at gmail.com. And keep your crazy, stupid peepers peeled because the best supporting <laughs> after show is coming. And we got to talk about, we got to talk about, you know, the, the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Yeah. Chiefs oh 49ers. Gosh. Let's fucking go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we'll talk about Valentine's Day, maybe. Yeah. That will be fun. That'll be fun. You know, yeah. All that good stuff. Um, we're just going to be a lot, of, a lot of catching up. And I feel like y'all might want to hear that. We do this every single week. You get an extra episode every single week. And you get early access, access to episodes just like this. You get it all for five bucks a month. 
you get it all at Patreon. You get it at patreon.com slash BSA pod. Lots to talk about this week. We got Taylor. We got Beyonce. Yeah. Jeff Goldblum Je- at the Super Bowl. Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> my God. My God. Our, yes. our cups runneth overeth. Um, exactly. I can't wait. But in the meantime, we have two pre-owned lease turnitures cells named Ruth and Cheryl that we need to get into and get the hell out of Stepford. And so that's just what we're going to do. Sounds like a plan. Great. Well, then that, as they say, is that. <laughs> <laughs>